Shut up, I love it. Shut up, I love it. I am Joe Cabello and I am here with Sasha Filer. What is this podcast, Joe? You tell me. Ooh, I like when I get to say it. This is Shut Up, I Love It. We are a podcast that brings on a very special guest to talk about something that they love that is otherwise unknown, hated, misrepresented not thought of enough it could be anything but you know what's most important what shut up that they love it (laughs) joining us today he's a comedy writer and fresh stand-up comedian who produced two seasons of the hilarious web series called stands he's currently working and developing on some new project this year but maybe he'll tell us about it himself who knows later on welcome welcome carl rucker Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Got to go uh, check out Stans. I love the name already. Name is so good. I'm so glad that you guys are excited about it. I'm just mostly excited at the fact that I'm on a podcast because the last time I've been on a podcast, that episode didn't make it. Oh, no. <laughs> well, we, you know what? I can't promise this episode will make it because we're recording it right now. But yeah. if someone's listening to it, what it I'm saying right it. now, then it means it made it. So mm-hmm. it's okay. As long as COVID doesn't happen again, I think we're good. <laughs> I, you know, I, as someone that's still re- is recovering from it as we speak, I think it's still happening. So God dang it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's still here. The beast that never ends, but luckily this isn't shut up. I love COVID. No, <laughs> we, we haven't had that episode yet. <laughs> No, but I have met multiple people that, you know, are pretty down to getting some COVID. (laughs) If they want to come by the house, (laughs) I'll I'll drop them my pin and uh, we could see about getting them hooked up. I got it. I'll give them your email. Yeah, I've been freezing it in uh, ice cube trays, kind of like people do with like homemade broth. Are you breathing into it? Into a little COVID breath? Yeah, yeah, a little and freezing it up. (laughs) You know, you get a lot of money for that. Yeah, I'm trying. Craigslist hasn't been great. Etsy's been okay. But it's Carl, not a business. Anyway. I love all this banter, this friendly banter, the top about COVID and how much we love it. But Carl, what are you truly, really, for real ta- here to talk about? Oh, I'm here to talk about Gilmore Girls and why people should appreciate that show more than just Rory's boyfriends, because who cares? All right, we're already getting real. Already, yeah, uh, I already hear some opinions <laughs> steeped I love in it. that. Um, uh, so why, why then, Carl? Are you here to talk about the show? Because you know, it's it seems like a show that's still in the zeitgeist in some ways. There's like podcasts are being made about the show. What do, what is it that some people in the world don't like about the show? You think? Um, well, it's female fronted, so we could go on about that for hours. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I've noticed whenever I bring up Gilmore Girls, even talk about Gilmore Girls, is that um, people really think that Gilmore Girls is just like not for everyone. When anybody can watch it, and it's actually really, really funny. So I know that since since I am a comedy writer, I'll I'll talk about things that I think are funny. And if I bring up Gilmore Girls, they'll kind of like give me this look like, mm-hmm. are you crazy? Are you insane? Like, as if I told him that I like coleslaw. So, <laughs> um, hey, I love coleslaw. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, there's two different types of coleslaw, either the vinegar based or the uh, like cream based. So I think there's also you- camps that we need to talk about. But this, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I could talk about coleslaw. coleslaw. <laughs> I could talk about coleslaw. Next episode with Joe. We'll save it. <laughs> Back to Gilmore Girls. So um, who do you think are the people that... Is it like a special kind of person that doesn't like Gilmore Girls? Or is it just across the board that you run into that? I don't know. I mean, I've met some men that like it. Mm-hmm. I've met some men that hate it. Mm-hmm. i met some girls that like it. i met some girls that hate it. It's kind of like... It's kind of like, you know, like, I'm not like one of the girls type of girls that be hating it. Mm. But I've gotten a lot of girls that be like, I'm not like one of the girls that like it. I've I've gotten, what, lawyers and doctors into the show, and they all thought that it was like a vapid show. And I was like, no, wait. 
there's more um, what do they want from their shows what are they watching it, that's what I'm saying. jeopardy i i really don't know what people were watching in the 2000s it was a rough time well, I guess it wasn't that rough. A lot I of mean, our early reality, reality TV. TV. It was like the yeah. the MTV reality TV shows. Are you a Amy Sherman Palladino fan in general? Like with her other shows? Bunheads? Yeah, I actually... I Well, no. <laughs> Not I, a Bunheads. Oh, okay. No, because I noticed that it's basically Gilmore Girls with ballet. <laughs> yeah. And I she knew pilot. That. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. It's Gilmore Girls with ballet. Like, it's cute. Um, and I was obsessed with it at the time because I was like, oh, Amy Sherman. But I just really missed Gilmore Girls. That was why I liked it. Um, but I, I really do like what she's done with um, her work on Roseanne, her work on Family Guy with her husband, um, with Gilmore Girls, of course, and also with um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I think I, lo- I realized that I really do like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel because it did make me stop rewatching Gilmore Girls every single <laughs> like two times a year i was watching a lot so um so no yeah I, I really like her writing she's she's really talented so you are and have been for the most part watching gilmore girls constantly is that what's going on there yeah i was really addicted to it in my teens and i remember the, it was the first thing that i watched and i was like oh crap this is like my guilty pleasure i can't tell anyone and then in high school there was like a whole bunch of guys talking about how they liked dawson's creek and Montreal. i was like oh well, then I'll just start talking about Gilmore Girls. And then people looked at me crazy for saying I like Gilmore Girls. I was like, what the f- you like Dawson's Creek? So it was a whole debacle. But um, over time, I got more people into Gilmore Girls for actually explaining why it was funny, um, why it was actually good and compelling, why, you know, we should be watching it. Because I'm like, I mostly had AP classes. So I'm like, well, if you're a smart person, then why aren't you watching Gilmore Girls? They literally read books and reference old movies all the time. So it's a so, yeah. show that makes you feel dumb at at times because you're like every character is so smart and and quick. Oh yeah, it's really quick. I I didn't know that um, like American television could be that quick because when I was a kid, I was watching anime and it was just so fast and I was entertained by that. And then I tried to watch. I think I think it was like ER, and oh my god, ER was so slow. I fell asleep after like 15 minutes of watching it. That that's what your lawyer and doctor friends are watching is ER. Yeah, I think it was that and Felicity. You know, it was some slow stuff, but hey, you know, it was good at the time. And then I found out about Gilmore Girls from like this one episode of this one girl throwing some clothes out and she was yelling and I was like, Oh, what is this? What's going on? And then I got into it and i was like oh this is like a really good show this is really funny and i found out a lot more about like older television from that show a lot more about older musicians a lot more about white um rock music i will have to admit gilmore girls really exposed me more to like like the white culture that i didn't really know about before 1980 Mm -hmm. so it was really helpful well, let's just hear about this whole Rory Rory's boyfriend's thing. So what is that argument that people usually present? And let's hear what you think <laughs> of that. I want to hear it. It's honestly a really too long don't read version of, hi, I like Gilmore Girls. Oh, my God, which team are you? That's it. It, it goes right. so quick from, like, Gilmore Girls to not Gilmore Girls. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, you know, the Twilightification of Gilmore Girls where it's, are you uh, Edward or are you... Uh, what's his name he lost so we don't remember him (laughs) it's it's basically that 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 is the conversation that very much comes up when gilmore girls is brought up is yeah are you uh are you i forget their names who are the guys again doesn't matter it's your hey that's a good point (laughs) that serves your point it does not matter but yeah there's so much more to the series than that the love triangles yeah, because Gilmore Girls is about a mother and daughter, um, a mother and daughter's relationship with each other and how to go through it. And it's all focused on Rory Gilmore, this very ambitious girl and like how she's literally going through life to become like her dream to be an investigative journalist like Christiane Amanpour. And she says that so many times, like a lot of times. I mean, the biggest, what is it? One of the biggest dramatic moments for that character is when, um, this huge media magnate, Logan Huntsberger tells her, like, 
you don't got it. And she's like destroyed. It takes a whole half a season for her to get back together again. When she dumps any of her boyfriends, it doesn't take her a whole half a season to get over it. But yet, mm-hmm. we're talking about the boyfriends. For what? Rory don't even care about him that much. That's obvious if you watch the show. But um, I, I used to, I was a part of this one group, um, this Remarkus group. I mean, I'm still kind of a part of them. They were like doing this whole Gilmore Girls We Watch thing. And they were like really big, heavy fans. And one of the cast members from Gilmore Girls was hosting. And I was like, you know what? It's the pandemic. What else am I doing aside from like watching a whole bunch of television and scratching my ass? So I was like, let me join. And the majority of the conversations each time we watched an episode and like discussed it was, it just kept going back to like the boyfriends. And I was like, oh my God, there's like 200 people here to talk about the show. And they all keep talking about the boyfriends. And I had to find like a small little sliver of people mm-hmm. to like not talk about the boyfriends with. And I kept being so um, vocal about not caring about the boyfriends that I became like the boyfriend hater. Like, oh, Carl don't <laughs> like any of the boys. Like, he don't like them. He only want to talk about the girls. I'm like, well, it's called Gilmore Girls. So what else do I want to talk about? Um, so yeah, that's usually the too long don't read. It's like you say, hi, hello, I'm my name is Carl and I like Gilmore Girls. And then someone will ask, well, what team are you? Um, so yeah. So what team are you? <laughs> um, I think I'm team Kirk. Kirk? The is which one's Kirk? Um, one of the townspeople. Yeah, I was like <laughs> I was like, that's not the, that's what's it, Sean Gunn's brother, right? Like uh Oh yeah, um, that uh, is Steve, Sean Gunn. Yeah. Steve Gunn's brother. What's the? This is COVID brain, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, the guy, Guardians of the Galaxy's director's brother. Yeah, yeah, it's him. It's Sean Gunn. What an incredible character! Absolutely uh, incredible character. Yeah, he really sold it on Guardians of the Galaxy. I was really, I was just kind of surprised that someone who played Kirk was now on Guardians of the Galaxy with Chris Pratt. And I was like, okay, we're here. But, All right. But I Kirk is a great character. talk forever about Chris <laughs> yeah. Pratt and everything that revolves in his orbit. But Joe, so how familiar are you with Gilmore Girls? Oh, gee, I remember uh, being a teen watching the show. Uh, Post 9-11, right? I think it was, uh, it might have even been pre-9-11. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pre. Um and I, uh, yeah, I was a big fan, although it was, there was this gendered thing kind of that you had uh, alluded to, Carl, of like, watching that was almost like a girl show versus watching a Dawson's Creek or a Felicity. These other shows were more, oh, anybody could watch those and talk about those. But there was some sort of like, almost, imb- I wouldn't go over to the homies the next day in school and be like, did you guys watch Gilmore Girls? It was kind of like a secret pleasure. But I remember being like, well, the show is just really good. And being that young, I couldn't put my finger on why it was so good versus now when I watch it, it's like, oh, the writing is so sharp that the acting is so spot on to be able to hit that writing because so many actors could not uh, actually perform the writing and make it work. It would, it would, sound like shit if you, you don't have the right actors so it's just such a quality show i've loved it since then i've always been into it i can't say that i've like watched watched it all the way through several times or anything like that but um when i did have a dvd player in my car and i was doing a lot of driving in la i would go to amoeba and buy the box sets for cheap of the dvds and just watch them as i drove <laughs> around LA so that doesn't it was, sound safe <laughs> it's well, not it, de- <laughs> it depends what you're doing I kind of listen to it like a podcast because mm. I mean it's it's a it dialogue very, heavy yeah, it's show dialogue heavy mm-hmm. um so it is like it was one of the few shows you know like Simpsons Gilmore Girls where I was like gotta get that box set I will watch that because that's gonna be guaranteed entertaining so yeah I'm a huge fan of the show and when the Netflix uh versions came out the four seasons or whatever it's oh, yeah. called. I was so excited to watch that. So yeah, I'm I'm an OG Gilmore Girls guy. Welcome. Yep. I have seen a few episodes prior to researching this show for for this for this uh, recording, 
because I had learned at the time that Jason Manzukas, who is my favorite or was my favorite improviser, for the longest time is obsessed with Gilmore Girls. And um, they might have, I don't know if he is the host of the podcast on Gilmore Girls or he's just like a, a guest that comes on constantly on that podcast. I can't remember, but I was like, well, let's see what is it, this show that uh, Jason Manzukas loves. And I watched some of it and I did not love it at the time. Oh. However, however, well, however, I also was taking an acting class where, which was very like technique heavy class where mm. um, they were teaching us like specifically, basically what to do with your face when you deliver comedy lines. And the teacher was just like obsessed with, um, was it Lauren Graham, right? The What's the main? The mom, yeah. The, the mom, mom, yeah. Yeah, because she is such a like master of like comedic delivery, and uh, I I think that's that's that was the benefit that I received from watching those episodes was like to watch her like really like her acting is impeccable. It's such a she's such a like I don't know incredible actor when it comes to just technicalities even like on her face like the, the amount of things she does. And uh, and one line is insane, which is all we've been talking about already so far. Um, and so watching two episodes that you did tell us to watch, Carl, for this recording, uh, I feel like I felt like I liked it, uh, you know, more than I liked it uh, the last time I saw it. Uh, whether I'm a big believer in Gilmore Girls and how much love I have for it for real, we'll find out in the ratings. But um I'd say I have like maybe eight or nine episodes behind my belt total. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, I, I can take that. I can take that. And I, I was kind of hoping that that would happen too. Like, okay, let me pick the really ambitious episode. And then let me pick the, the dramatic one that is about the relationships one, because I know that both of those can play in together. But um, again, even with the dramatic one, there's, there's still more than half of the episode was about other things than just this relationship yeah well let's hear it uh, like what are the episodes you told us to watch and why did you choose like the first one was comedic episode right that's ep season one episode i can't remember eight i believe called the third lorelei oh yeah i think that was season one episode 18 the third lorelei yeah i liked that one because with that episode you can see firsthand how the the family dynamics work and that's what starts the whole show is the familial dynamics between Rory, the granddaughter, um, like Lorelai, the, the mom slash daughter, and then like Emily Gilmore, the grandmother, um, and how they just go back and forth with each other. And then you include the great grandmother, like Richard's mom, Trix, and then you see how that works and then how they're all coming together. And it's like, oh my gosh, she gave us all this money. What do we do? Like, I want Rory to succeed. And like, and then it's it everything that played out in that episode was all family dynamics and it was really really good to just see how the how gilmore girls are gilmore girls and how that plays out through the whole series and then the second one um was, was it? season five episode two a messenger nothing more that one was really good um because it focused on the drama like okay for four whole seasons you showed this goody two shoes literally like this good character. The fact that it takes people 10 rewatches to realize that Rory isn't really that great of a person. Yeah. Like, yeah. It takes them to, like, she's a really good person. And then she has sex with someone who's married. And then you see that aftermath unfold, her being so focused on, oh, I have to do this now. I have to do this now. No, you don't. You don't have to do this now. You will cut the man off. You could ghost him. But you do all of this and all this stuff happens and you feel bad, but you kind of see in the episode that she doesn't really feel that bad, you know? And all this stuff explodes, you know, the girl throwing the the clothes off. That was the first episode that I actually saw of Gilmore Girls and it was my mom and my sister watching it. I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Oh, we're yelling, you know, because <laughs> reality TV era. So I was like into the drama, you know, I was growing up watching Jerry Springer with my cousins most of the time. So it was like, I was I saw that and I was like, wow, this is really good. And it was really fast too. Um, and everything was playing together with it. Um, and I just thought that was a really good way to show how um how striking and amazing 
um, Gilmore Girls can be when it comes with drama. Yeah, and like the whole thing of Rory's, I don't want to say downfall, but maybe moral downfall is the right way. It certainly, that is the um, the the new Netflix series. I forget, what is that called? The It's not the four seasons, but it's like a new season. Oh, A Year in the Life? A Year in the Life. That's, it's like each episode is a season. That's why I keep calling it the Four Seasons Hotel <laughs> and Resort. Uh, but that is definitely a series that is like all about her fucking up on a huge scale. So I don't know if that's just a part of growing up, uh, or, or what, but it, Rory certainly goes down that trail of like being an incredibly flawed character. Yeah. And I, that's one of the biggest reasons why I wish that more people would actually like Gilmore Girls in a way that they would um with other tv shows that people talk to me about all the time like i think the other day no the other day someone asked me oh you write television comedy i was like yeah and they're like oh so half hour or hour long and i looked at them kind of puzzled and i was thinking the only hour long i could think of is like gilmore girls mm-hmm. and then he looked at me like gilmore girls i was like oh my god it's 2022 and i still can't talk about the damn show um so, and it, it, he wanted to then talk to me about Secession. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I mean, Gilmore Girls made me laugh more because it was freaking silly. And like with Lauren Graham's timing, Kelly Bishop's acting and blocking, like Liza Well, like acting a fool, Lane Kim's great storyline that came through. Like all of it was just like so compelling to me and relaxing to consume. Um, and on top of that, we were able to watch a character who was like all goody two shoes in like the first episode literally become this really flawed, messy girl by the end of the whole show. So I just, I really thought that that was a really well done telling of a story um, and really good, was a good way to kind of lead us into like how television, um, well, more so television comedy and how that goes on now, because, you know, now we start with a really flawed character and before it was like, oh, I'm good, I'm good. And then it just, no, you're not, you're not shit. <laughs> well, what the, what's the spoiler for a season because it's it ran for seven seasons right um yeah. so what what did she what is where do we leave off at the end well it goes from the oh. seven seasons to the netflix series right but oh like of, the 10 year gap i'm just i guess i'm just curious like the arc like just to dig in more into the arc of rory's character that you're talking about so we did see her as goody two shoes in the beginning and where where do we end in the end of season seven um, the end of season seven, she graduates college. Um, I mean, she's still she's still treated as like you know like a really good girl, but uh, she's done her. she's done a lot of messy yeah. stuff. We've seen her messy, yeah, messy stuff. Yeah, yeah with the, with the guys, you know, it's yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of that comes down to the guys is her messy stuff. Um, yeah, because like if you think about it, Rory's a really passive person, and how she do those boyfriends is not great. So whenever people try to ask her what team are you, I'm like, at the end of the day, Rory should be with Rory because Rory got some shit to deal with. Like, she's too passive. Yeah, she she oh. needs to let go of the guys that she's been with and just move on. Because uh, in the end, she's cheating with a guy, Logan, in the Netflix series, the, the newest canon. She's cheating with him even though he's married to some woman, and then she's pregnant Whoa. with his baby spoilers but so she's getting messy if they continue on that series it's real messy yeah i think that's the thing though like if i think about it and i see rory gilmore as a messy person when it comes to relationships she's a very messy person but then when i think about how ambitious this girl is she's actually a really great like focused person she's a very focused girl and that's something that I can really relate to when it comes to Rory Gilmore and when it comes to Lorelai Gilmore. And honestly, all of the characters of Gilmore Girls, I meet a lot of people who are very ambitious people. They want to, like, you know, be successful musicians. They want to be successful screenwriters, all that type of stuff. And that takes a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice, and a lot of mess. I mean, I could probably count, well probably not in my hands but you know i can count how many times i've been invited to like orgies or to like doing drugs or whatever ever since i moved out to la because you know creative people can be messy Mm -hmm. you know and this girl is a whole writer 
She wants to be an investigative journalist, ends up being a whole novelist because Mitchum Huntsberger was right. You just don't got it. Okay. She was a novelist all the time. Made sense. And seeing how driven this girl is, that I really, that I really like about her. That I'm okay with. It's the, when I focus on the relationships though, like what a lot of people want me to do, I'm focusing on how messy this person is and I'm completely overlooking the amount of hard work and the amount of time that her, her mother, the townspeople, her grandparents, her friends, all put in to make sure that this girl is successful. I'm looking over all of that just to talk about which dick is the best. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and everyone no believes in her. Everybody in that town believes in her so much. Even though it's uh, it's what's her name who's really the star to me, uh, the friend who ends up having the IVF clinic in the new series. Oh, Paris. Paris, yeah. yeah. Paris is such a queen, and I don't, I don't think I could stand being around Paris in real life. But no, that is the girl who deserves the world. <laughs> I'm like I've been best friends with uh, a Paris, like. Uh, and, and she was one of the people that didn't want to watch Gilmore Girls. I was like, oh, no, you should watch Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls is... Mwah. And she is seen as, like, the Paris Geller of the group. She's, like, very loud, very opinionated, very direct, very forward. You know, like, and I'm Midwestern. We're both, like, we're born and raised in the Midwest. So the fact that any person in the Midwest is being forward and assertive, whoa, calm down. So it, it's funny, like... uh that's when I realized that, like, if I ever met Paris Geller, I don't know for sure if, like, we'd be best friends, but she could tolerate my existence because she can see the ambition in me and I can respect the ambition in her. And it's somebody who you're like, okay, I maybe don't like you, but I trust and appreciate you because you're probably right. You're a pain in the ass, but you're probably right. We probably should work harder. We should study harder. We should be thinking better. Uh, yeah. She scares me in a lot of ways. But <laughs> even there, that episode where they're studying, I think it was the season one, uh, episode 18, they're like trying to make their, uh, their form of government. I was just like, oh my God, I don't think I've worked as hard on anything as these people are working on this one school project. <laughs> this is insanity to me. Yeah, like, Paris Geller is, I'll be real, Paris Geller is, like, a little piece of me, because, like, I did not, I just kind of stopped caring about school around, like, middle school. I was like, I don't really care. Um, but I got really, really invested in, like, writing and um, just doing things creatively. And I was writing so much that by the time I was, I think, in my senior year of high school, I wrote two whole books in that year, wow. senior year. That's very Paris. That's a very Paris thing to do. <laughs> and I was living, I was doing football. I was doing like straight physician courses. And it was like two a days practices too. Go there at like 6 a.m. to practice, be there until like I think 6, 7 p.m. to practice. And I would go home, rest, wake up at like midnight, one o'clock, and write until three or four. That's a Paris Geller move. I have been Paris Geller. So you are Paris Geller. <laughs> Joe, who are you on the show? Oh gosh, I don't know, Luke. Just for me, <laughs> remind me who Luke is. Oh yeah, there's. Oh, that's the coffee guy. The coffee guy. The guy who works at the diner. Sure. That they go to all the time. And I will never know who I am, Joe. I guess you'll be the best judge out of three of us to tell me who I am. I won't remember any character's name, um, so that's the hard part for me. You were the. You're. You're Mia. The, the person who owned the Independence Inn that Lorelai worked at. That took Lorelai and Rory in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Her, she's yeah. very force of good, that character. Oh, great. Yeah. I get to be Mia. No, you're, you're, um, you're, what's his name? You're the, the front desk receptionist. Michelle? You're Michelle. <laughs> Overwhelmed by the children in the second <laughs> yeah. episode that we researched. Michelle is an icon. Oh, he's funny. He's really funny. Um, it's actually to talk about that, that's a great segue into a point that, um, so you know how like in the 2010s or at least 
the late, later half of the 2010s. So basically when everybody from t- Tumblr moved over to Twitter, and started talking the same stuff that they talked about on Tumblr the to dark Twitter. Times. And everyone's like- The coming of yeah. the dark times. Yeah, like, and everyone else is like, oh my God, I, I need to like know more. I, uh, everything I see now is problematic. And I'm like, oh, hold your horses. Um, so people kept trying to like tell me, like, uh, like whenever we talked about shows from back then, like the 90s and 2000s, they talk about things that are problematic with them. And the thing was, people would mention that Gilmore Girls doesn't have diversity. And I was like, do you remember teen dramas in the 2000s? I know Lane Kim's first and last name. I know Michelle Gerard's first and last name. And they both had a full-fledged storylines in the whole series. What are we talking about? To this day, the biggest reason why I kept watching Gilmore Girls was because of Lane Kim and her storyline, which came up again on this recent movie, um, Turning Red, that was on mm, yeah. Disney, the Pixar movie, where this girl, you know, she was following her parents' rules and doing what she had to do, but she wanted to like be herself and like go see these boys in concert and, you know, like try and be herself, but it was a conflict with her mom. That's Lane Kim from Gilmore Girls. Yeah, That's literally totally. the same freaking storyline. Totally. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it is. It totally yeah. is the same character almost. It's literally like, yeah, it's literally the same character. So um, when when people ever have those conversations, it's another way that I know, like, damn, y'all didn't really pay that much attention to the show because you were too busy looking at the boys. Mm-hmm. Exactly. God damn it. Which, I mean, I guess there is some argument of it being about waspy white people, that there is a bit of that where it's kind of like this idyllic Well, I mean, yeah, it was people. the 2000s. Yeah, but like, yeah, what can you do? Almost every show was, was white like as that. shit. Yeah. Yeah, like, what was it? Um, it was a surprise that That's So Raven became a TV show because it was so white in the 2000s. <laughs> they were like, oh, that's not on UPN? You're not going to put that Okay, okay, all right. So, so no, yeah, like, um, that's another reason why I love the series, that, like, I can watch this show and um, every everything that happens in the show, I'm able to feel comfortable with it. It's very comfortable. It's very funny. Um, there's a lot of women on it that talk in a very intellectual way. And I think that is a big, big reason why I love Gilmore Girls and why we watched this so many times because like, it very much reminded me of the people that I grew up with and the people that I was surrounded by when I was a kid. Like I was surrounded by a lot of women who were very intelligent and who were very much like, I'm gonna do what I'm going to do. Like it was very ambitious, ambition focused, um, very independent based. Um, and they were funny too, so, so I think I think that's the big reason. Also, my mom does talk very fast. So, mm. does she does she make crack jokes constantly? Oh God, yeah. Like I remember, um, she doesn't. She's like retired now, but back in the day when she would go to work, everything was a joke. Like she'd probably deal with something awful, and she'd tell it in like a joking way, and then she almost had like a nationwide tour as a comedian and she wrote a whole <laughs> script and stuff and it was a comedy script i was still mad at her about that because i'm like okay this whole time i had to teach myself how to write a script and you know how to you write a script. yeah you could have taught me you couldn't have bestowed the lang- the language and the lessons onto me she's like oh so but no yeah like she she talks like those women um not as waspy because it is pretty waspy was like a jewish flair of humor but um yeah, it's definitely very relatable. I think um, Gilmore Girls was like a nice breath of fresh air before Grey's Anatomy came in because it was a bunch of women on the show talking very intelligently and still like living their lives, having a good time, doing what they had to do and having a very ambitious drive. So with the main theme from what I understand and Gilmore Girls is is that it's a daughter and the mother that have sort of like this dual relationship. The dynamic is that they're mother and daughter, but at the same time, they're best friends, right? And every almost scene between them is like a push and pull between those two um, dynamics. Like, and is that something that comes up like in every episode? Like, I'm just not familiar with the show enough. And is it something that either of you connected to in the show in some way? Um, I mean, I don't wouldn't say I connected to it, but uh, it is just an interesting mother daughter dynamic because it is young mother. She was, I think, sixteen or seventeen when she had Rory, so they are closer than let's say her and her uh, Lorelai and her mother, 
who have more of a traditional age gap and relationship. So I think that's what makes their relationship so fun. They are, you know, kind of sister sisterly in some ways. Um, so I kind of, I dig that, just seeing that depicted and seeing kind of a different type of single mother depicted on TV too, instead of it being like the miserable uh, mm-hmm. storyline for a single mother. It's like, oh no, they're they're yeah. thriving and they actually have a great relationship. And the relationship with her family is a bit strained, but she's actually making it, Lorelai makes it work for the sake of her daughter. Yeah, and I think that that is the thing that I related with because I always saw that pan out with my mom and my sister because my mom had my sister at like a young age. So they were very much like connected with each other and I was like, the baby in the house so it was like okay that's my mom that's my sister but you know she could be my mom too but i'm the baby so um it was definitely i saw like lorelei and rory's relationship definitely pan out with my family and then the the whole fallout between them in like the college years it's like kind of the same thing that happened Mm. with my mom and my sister because of like a little disagreement she's like you're supposed to finish college, but I'm going to get married. Who cares? Like, that was kind of like the back and forth with my mom and my sister. Um, so it was kind of, it was a good, relatable thing. And it was just like a nice way to see, um, like what you said, which is something that I didn't even think much about, like why I like the show so much, is that like, it really is showing a single mom who isn't a miserable mother, who's doing what, like the best she can to make sure that her daughter has like the best life. And that's the exact same thing that my mom did with us. Like, yeah, she didn't like her job. She didn't like her coworkers. You know, she's like an introvert. You know, she couldn't talk and be her whole self around her friends and stuff, but she would do that with us. And like, from that angle, from my perspective, being raised in that, she was a, she had a great time. And still when I talked to her about like raising us, I'm like, oh, we must've like, we didn't have a lot of money or food and things like that. She's like, okay, but we were able to go to Culver's down the street, so I don't care. Okay. So it'd be like little things, like I was able to eat a burger, like I don't care. So um, she definitely had like a way more positive outlook on being a single mother. And I remember like um, being around that and being raised in that and also being taught by teachers who were also single mothers who were like fine with it. They weren't miserable. They weren't sad. They weren't crying about it they were like okay with it and then to see Laura like Gilmore on the screen being the exact same way it was it was just very comforting yeah it's interesting to me always like how we connect to different stories uh each like you know on tv and i always find that like there's something there's some familiarity that we have to find in some way for us to connect to because to me the reason i feel like i never connected to gilmore girls spoiler alert is because i feel like they're the mother and daughter relationship that they have i never like experienced myself at all and Mm. i found it like it's not real it can't be like not in like a conscious way but like in some subconscious way like it cannot be but now that I have an 11-week old, do- old daughter that I'm like, I look at her and I'm like, that'd be pretty cool if, like, we had a relationship where we could, like, you know, braid each other's hair or whatever that is. Like, relationship where it, we're really close and we don't have secrets from one another when mm. she grows. She doesn't have any secrets from me right now at 11 weeks. She has zero <laughs> secrets from me. She give her time. <laughs> I'll give her time. She poops yeah. very obviously. Like, th- there's no secret <laughs> in her pooping. So, um... But eventually, yes, like, so I feel like if anything, like I was touched more by Gilmore Girls this time around because I was like, oh, I, but I'm a mom. I'm like, I don't have to look at it as daughter to the mom I never had like that, but to that I wish I had a form of that relationship with my daughter. So that's kind of just like about how we all connect to different tones and stories and all that stuff is something I always think about. And I have met people that have had that angle of like, I don't like Gilmore Girls because like I don't think that's real. Or like, I think the mom is annoying all this stuff. I'm like, that's a valid reason. You gave it a shot and you didn't like it. I can respect that point way more than, oh, it's too girly. What are you talking about? It literally has the same comedic like vibe or like delivery as Family Guy, the show that you got into when you were a teenage boy in the 2000s. You don't make sense. 
Yeah. You and know, I like that's you, where whoever you are, recognize yourself in this description that Carl just gave you. Oh, they wouldn't even click the episode. Uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's that girls. Whoa. Right, right. <laughs> that's a little. Uh, yeah. That's a little. <laughs> yeah, I think there is a lot of, unfortunately, un- uh, inherent sexism to some people not finding the show funny or even registering it as a comedy because there's just you have these two women that are just firing off jokes and you see it often where men just don't find women funny or they don't even it's not even on their radar to find a woman funny so they're probably watching this dialogue just thinking okay what are they even talking about it's like they're making jokes you fool you you have to be open to that those are jokes so i think this is a show that does suffer from that unfortunately um, as do many things, but especially just having these like totally hilarious leads that are making so many jokes that it just goes over people's heads that aren't ready to accept it. Yeah, because I mean, like Melissa McCarthy literally came from that show, mm, yeah. and she got gigs on gigs on gigs from that show. And so many people love Bridesmaids. I'm like, that's because of Melissa McCarthy. Like she blew up from that, and mm-hmm. she was literally funny as hell as Suki St. James. Mm-hmm. you know throughout that whole show i mean like the fact the fact that i was laughing my ass off every time she entered the scene it's like i can't just see this as a drama this is hilarious like every time i just it just feels comedic it has dramatic moments but it definitely i mean it is a, it is still a drama but it's just like the comedy is so funny i would definitely have to see it as like a comedy drama more than anything that would be something that i would tell everyone to at least give it a chance Especially if they ever wanted to like understand me in my comedy, because yeah, yeah, I really liked that type of comedy. It's a great example of like character comedy through character too, because every character is just like once they enter the frame, they are doing their specific comedy and nailing it. It's never filler or them just like oh, I'm just here to deliver this one line. They're delivering that line or that piece of information and they're doing it in their specific way. So it's like, if you love Simpsons, you should love Gilmore Girls because it's almost live action Simpsons as far as like Mm. the world they've built of characters and how specific each one of those characters is. Oh yeah, that's true. Cause yeah, cause Simpsons got a whole mess of towns, people that are so unique and stand out. I loved it. I love The Simpsons, too. That's one of my favorite shows. Joe, do you think we're ready to go to the ratings? I think we are. I want to just drop one little fun fact before we do. Let's do do it. Uh, From my uh, watching DVDs while driving. So I guess when they're doing the subtitles and the dubs for this show, it is incredibly difficult because the references they use won't work for other countries. So they essentially have to rewrite like 90% of the dialogue (laughs) so that like, okay, that they referenced a type of bread like as a joke, but that bread doesn't exist here. It doesn't have that cultural thing. So they have to put something else in. And I guess it it was incredibly hard to do the dubs and translations for this show because of that reason. Oh, yeah, because I can even see it on Netflix. I mean, well, Netflix subtitles are ass, but it's really it's really bad when it comes with Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Really bad. Go, I mean, it would, you would have to know the language, right? Like, that it's translating to, but I'm sure, if, like, if someone can read Mandarin or something, put on the Mandarin of Gilmore Girls and then see what the dialogue is and then change <laughs> it over. See if it matches up. There's probably a lot of, like, cultural references that they had to change. And now is a special time is that special time. How do ratings work, Joe? They work very fun and well, but here's how they work specifically. We are going to rate Gilmore Girls on a scale of 0 to 10 using something else as our basis of comparison. So that something could be another TV show. You could say, hey, Cheers, that's a great show. It's 6 out of 10. Compare to that, Gilmore Girls is 10 out of 10. Or you could even say, hey, Chocolate Chip Cookies are a 10 out of 10 and Gilmore Girls isn't quite as warm and fuzzy as a chocolate chip cookie so it's a 7 out of 10 and if that doesn't make sense that's okay because Sasha and I will go first I'll go first I'll rate Gilmore Girls against another show from the past starring a bunch of women 
There is a heartfelt comedy as well. Uh, what is it? Golden Girls, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. What is it? Other Girls. <laughs> I love Golden <coughs> Girls. I haven't seen the whole thing, which is a lot of it out there. But uh, every episode I've, se- episode I've seen, I loved it dearly and just couldn't get enough. Uh, Golden Girls is a nine. And I'll give Gilmore Girls, now that I'm a new mother and all that stuff, I'll give it a six. It's growing on me very slowly, and maybe one day it will grow enough that I'll be uh, wow. as big a fan as y'all of it. Wow. Joe, what about you? All right, I will. I name dropped this just earlier, so, so I'm going to go with it. Uh, Simpsons. The Simpsons, I haven't kept up on all the Simpsons. I think there's too much for any one person to really keep up on that. But it is like you could at least point to a chunk of Simpsons and say this is just like pinnacle tv for character comedy all of that and i think i don't need to be the one to state that simpsons has cemented its spot as classic tv 10 out of 10 gilmore girls you'd be a damned fool to say it wasn't the same gilmore girls gets a 10 out of 10 i think it is up there with your simpsons as far as comedy tv shows (laughs) <laughs> has been always will be and if you're not with it go home you chud as i'm leaving home uh, <laughs> i guess that's directed at you it's very aggressive yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. all right that little shoulder dance you just did carl what does that mean let's hear your scale well i'm just glad that he compared gilmore girls to simpsons it was like you know what 10 out of 10 that was nice it's yeah. the truth we know it and also, I was really glad to hear that you liked Golden Girls and you gave Golden Girls a 10 out of 10, but Gilmore Girls is growing on you because one of the main writers of Golden Girls went over to write for Gilmore Girls yeah. in season season five. And you know, he he or she is the one that pitched the show's title. Girls, let's keep the girls. Let's just change the first word. Uh, Carl, what about your scale? Do you have any scale going on? Hmm. So I think... Um, I would have to say, going off of like the fact that we now have Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and you know, like both Amy and Daniel Palladino now know how to write an hour-long drama and keep it funny and quick and fast with Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Because with Gilmore Girls, they literally like I do believe that they just came from sitcom writing for like Roseanne and a couple of the shows, and straight into Gilmore Girls, which is probably why season one, you know. You don't have to watch all of it because it, it beats like a sit, an hour-long sitcom. Um, I would probably say I would give it like maybe like an 8.59 out of 10. And it's only because I now have been able to see Amy and Dan do like level up with Maisel. It's like it's still a great show. Like I still think that if you want to study comedy, um, and how to do it with character and like have that heart and stuff like that, which is really what like sitcoms ask for nowadays. Gilmore Girls should be one of the shows that you should watch. But if you don't want to watch it, that's completely fine because then that makes competition easier for me. <laughs> there you go. So, you know, don't watch Gilmore Girls. But I give it like 8.59 out of 10. So Gilmore Girls is 8.59. Yeah. And like, uh, uh, Miss Maisel. Oh, 10 out of 10. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Bunheads? No. Okay. Not on the scale. (laughs) Not on the scale scale. for Bunheads. I feel bad. Wait, do you like Bunheads? I do like Bunheads. I am a fan. I don't know if I would put it over Miss Maisel or uh, Gilmore Girls, Um, but it would would be up there. Yeah, because I really love Sutton Foster as an actress. Yeah, she's just so charming. She's the only one who could really beat Lauren Graham. Because uh, yeah. I, I think in the in the in the like in match. an MMA match, yes. Because yeah. uh, I think as much as uh, the girl from Miss Maisel is great, I don't think she has anything on Lauren Graham or Sutton. No, she don't, and that's fine. You know, just be who you are. Be who but... you are is what we learned from this episode. Carl, what a pleasure to have you over on Shut Up, I Love It. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Where can our audience follow you slash learn about you or anything else you want to plug? 
Well, I'm the only living person in the world with my first and last name, but y'all don't need to know my last person last name. Oh wait, it will be posted. <laughs> oh well. Um, well, on social media, um, I go by Carl A O T W. So Carl spelled like the the re for the C, mm-hmm. and then the letters A O T W as artist of the week, which Ooh. is just a little homage to a music blog that I that I ran for like 13 years. Oh my God, it was 13 years um, in the 2000s. So, yeah. Great. Joe, what's going on with you? Oh, go to JoeCabello.com. At some point, the fourth and final issue of my comic, Bottoms Up, will be out. The art, actually, I can't say is completely done at this point. I've been teasing that for a long time, but it is completely done. Congrats. And I just need to get it lettered, which is putting all the words and the bang and shiboings on it. And you'll do it as soon as COVID will loosen its grip on your neck. On my nards. Neck. On your nards. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing track. And thank you for listening.